paper thinner. I know Dusty like has his like his iPad, his phone, his laptop. I'm just pen and paper kind of girl. So let me figure out what I have going on. Cause Ben got me all flustered with ever since prices online. And people at work know about it. It's like posted everywhere. It's on people's Facebook statuses. It's like I think it's good. So anyway. So good morning and welcome. Like just uh, Ben said, I'm Albie, and I'm usually with your kids, and that's where I would rather be. No offense. Um, but since Ben did give me the mic, I'm going to talk about what I want to first. So um, I just want to first start by saying thank you so much for being so um, patient and kind to us while we have been working out our new check-in system. I know it's kind of annoying when we're like, oh, I don't know why it's not working. Let me give you a you know, one that I'm writing on instead of this fancy new stuff we just bought. Um, but it is getting better. I don't know if you noticed, the last two weeks have went off pretty smooth. I'm very excited about it. Like this morning, I was like, I can't believe both rooms are working. Um, so just thank you for being patient with us. And I know it's annoying to have to wait for us to check your kid in and then check your kid out, but we're trying to protect them. And um, first, we want to teach them about Jesus, and second, we want to keep them safe. Those are top two things that we do. Um, and that's with children, church, youth group, whatever. Um, so next, I know Ben just talked about summer kickoff, but I'm going to talk about it again because it's awesome, okay? If you have a sixth grader who's going to go to seventh grade, get them there. If you know other parents or kids who have a sixth grader who's going to go to seventh grade, get them there. But do not let them wear anything nice because it will be destroyed. I would recommend bringing like a sheet, a trash bag, something to put over your car. Right, Elizabeth? Elizabeth still has a stain, so sorry. Um, maybe, maybe make them walk. I don't know. But just know they will be destroyed. Um, they're clothing, not them. <laughs> um, it's awesome. Dusty, Sammy, um, Bella, and Haley and I, we've been planning it. We are going to plan some more this week. It's going to be really, really cool. And maybe you know a 7th through 12th grader who's never came, they can still come. It's a good night to come because there's a bunch of new people. Um, we have like four who should be going from Children's Church to Youth Group, which is really cool. Uh, it's so fun when we get kids that we taught in Children's Church to come Youth Group because then we're like, oh, man, we've not did a good job. Or we did a really good job. So it's exciting. And um, also just want to take a second to explain kind of like Children's Church transitions, how that works, because it can be a little bit confusing. So you know that nursery is zero to four, so that's pretty easy. Once they turn five, they go to Chilton Church. They're usually pretty excited to go to big kid class. Sometimes they want to sneak back over to nursery and play with the toys, but we give them a little bit of time to do that. Um, and then I know that the sign over there says five to 12, but that 12 can kind of, it's kind of iffy because a youth group doesn't go by age, it goes by grade. So they may not be 12 when they go into seventh grade, but they can still come to youth group or maybe they are already 12, but they're not in seventh grade, then they have to wait a little bit. Does that make sense? Because youth group goes by age, not, I mean, youth group goes by grade, not age. Um, but we don't just kick them out of children's church because that would be traumatic and they still want snacks for a while. Um, so after June 30th, that's their first youth group night, and they can start going to youth group from then on out. But they can still, during the summer, go to children's church. So they have that whole summertime to transition. And then when fall comes and they go back to school, then we kind of, they stop going to children's church. They just go to their youth group. And um, what else was I going to say? Oh, 
And usually by that time, they're ready because they're like, I'm too cool to be with those little kids anyway because I probably hang out with all the older ones for a whole summer, so they're done with Joan Church anyway. But they do have that time. So now I'm done. See you later. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. So I guess I'll talk about what Ben wants me to talk about. Um, the Bridge Church, as well as every other AG church, because we are the Bridge Church, but we are part of the Assemblies of God, they have um, 16 fundamental truths that we believe that who we are is what we what we are, what we believe. Um, so who knows that we have 16 fundamental truths? Anybody know that? Dusty knows that? Okay, so if you don't know that, you can find them on the AG website. That's where I find them. And there's like a link that says like beliefs and then has like different things. But if you click 16 fundamental truths, you'll find them. And I think Andrea's going to put mine up here in a minute. Um, I know Dusty, you guys may not have realized it, but when Dusty preached earlier in the year, what did you do? Um, the scriptures inspired by God. So if you were here for that, that was the first fundamental truth. You just didn't know it. Dusty wasn't cool and didn't tell you. <laughs> like me. So anyway, the one that I'm going to be talking about was the third one. I think someone talked about the second one. Was that Pastor Wells? Pastor Wells did the second one. So if you're here for that, he may have told you either, but that's what you learned about. Okay, so mine is the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and... I'm going to ask you some questions, okay? Listen, I'm usually talking to kids, so I'm just acting goofy. I'm trying to be professional, okay? <laughs> so if you just want to, just go ahead and shut your eyes so everybody can answer honestly. If you believe in God, raise your hand. Pretty easy, right? Okay? That's a good sign. If you believe in Jesus, raise your hand. Still doing pretty good, okay? If you believe that Jesus is God's son, raise your hand. Okay, doing good, doing good. If you believe that Jesus is God, raise your hand. Okay, if you just want me to shut up, raise your hand. Yep, I saw some hands, I saw you guys. Okay, you can know your eyes. Okay, so this fundamental truth that we're talking about, it states that Jesus is God's son, but he is also God. Okay, and um, while I was preparing, I came across this study. I can't read my writing. Hopefully, I know what I'm talking about. Um, I came from across a study, and it's from the state of theology. Like, they, like, look into, like, what Christians are believing now, compare what they used to believe, what different sections of Christianity is believing, what different religions are believing or whatever. And they just asked this one, they made this one statement, and then they asked people to say if they agreed or they disagreed. And the statement was, um, Uh, Jesus was a great, great teacher, but he was not God. That was a statement. Jesus was a great teacher, but he is not God. And he, they just asked them to say agree or disagree. And 52% of the respondents said that they agreed with that statement. So 52% said that, yeah, Jesus was this great guy. He's pretty cool. He was a great teacher, but he's not God. And uh, like, I'm a church kid. I've been in church my whole life. It's probably why I'm so weird in a good way. But um, I was like, why? So I started reading about it, and I still was kind of just like, why? But um, at the same time, some of it made sense. So there's a, there's a large group of people out there, like 50% of these people who took this survey said that Jesus is not God. So well, that was interesting. So anyway, so let's just go to this. 
Um, it said, so when you go to like the fundamental truths, it will have the truth and it'll have like a little like sentence or two and then it'll have like the Bible to back it up. Okay, which I think is really important because if someone's telling you something, they should be able to back it up with scripture and if they can't, then, you know, just ignore them because they're crazy. Um, so the first one is his virgin birth, which is A. I think that all of us have probably celebrated Christmas a time or two, so we've heard about that, right? Uh, Jesus was born of a virgin. Mary and Joseph was his parents. Um, I don't know that I really need to explain that one too much. If you guys need me to, do you want me to? You're doing pretty good? Okay. So that's the first one. And then it has, like, a verse about it, which I will read to you. Oh, by the way, if you're here first Wednesday, I lost my Bible, but I found it. So that's good. Okay, so it says, Matthew 1.23 says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And I was telling Dusty, like, I've always heard that, like, at Christmas time, you know, they say, like, Emmanuel means God is with us, whatever. I thought, like, when I was studying for this, that really made me, like, realize that he was, he's literally saying God is with you. Like, I'm giving you God. Like, you know, see what I'm saying? You ever noticed that before? Okay. Okay, so B is his sinless life, which I'm going to skip and come back. So then C is his miracles, and um, I'm going to read Acts 2.22. It says, people of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. So if you have grew up in children's church or you've been coming to the bridge, which you obviously are, you probably heard about some of Jesus' miracles, right? And I think that most of them prove that Jesus is God, but there's a couple that I think are like just like, wow, no one else can do that, okay? And I want to choose two that most people have heard about. So the first one is Jesus feeding 5,000 people. Who's ever heard that story? Some of you? Okay. So Jesus is teaching, because remember, he's a great teacher. And he's teaching, and people get hungry, because you know how it is. You go to church, and you listen to Ben all day, and then you're like, Ben, I'm hungry. Let's go. Um, so that's just how it worked. So people were hungry, they didn't have any food, but there was somebody there who had, who knows what they had? Anyone? Anybody? No, nobody knows? Yes, five loaves of bread and two fish. Thank you, Karen. So Jesus used just five loaves of bread and two fish to feed 5,000 plus people. Um, can you guys do that? Probably not. So just to put that in perspective a little bit, and I'm weird, so I looked up Long John Silver's. Uh, don't bring me any because I don't like it. But their largest family meal consists of 16 pieces of batter-dipped fish. Gross. Four family-sized sides. That might be okay if it's like mac and cheese. Um, and 16 hush puppies. I don't know about that because they're kind of gooey. But So anyway, that large amount of food only feeds seven to eight adults. Like, all of those things, like 16 pieces of fish, four family-sized sides, and hush puppies only feed seven to eight people. So Jesus took a lot less than that and fed 5,000-plus people. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? Mind-blowing. Okay. For real, though, that's kind of good. Um, anyway. So, in oh, that's in um, John 6, if you want to know where that story is. 
And moving over to John chapter 11, there is this man named Lazarus. You guys ever heard of Lazarus? Yeah? Okay, cool. Um, he was very ill. His family um, sends a message to Jesus like, hey, come and heal Lazarus. Like his sisters, they were asking him to just come. And um, Jesus didn't come right away because Jesus knew that even if Lazarus died, it would still bring glory, right? Sometimes when someone's passing, we know that, like, we say, like, well, even if they're not healed here, it's still a miracle because they're going to heaven, whatever. But that's not exactly what Jesus meant. So um, Jesus didn't come back right away. When, when he did get there, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. That's a long time. And um, Jesus was like, just take me to his gravesite. So they go there, and Jesus tells him to, like, remove the tomb. And Leslie's favorite verse, Leslie, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they were like, he's going to smell terrible. But Jesus was like, listen, I'm God. Just do what I'm saying. So they rolled away, and Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And guess what happens? He comes out because he's God. Well, not Lazarus isn't God. Jesus is God. Okay. Um, so just think about, like, all the, like, the really, like, famous doctors that you know or the world-class surgeons, the great physicians, like, None of them bring people back after four days, okay? Especially, and I mean, I just, they don't, it can't happen unless you're God. And people still want to say that he's just a great teacher. So that kind of just silly to me, but okay. Whatever, it's because I'm a weird church kid. Okay, so now we're going to go back to point B, which is his sinless life. That's where I want to spend most of my time because this is um, just where I like, that's what I like. So First Peter 2.23 um, says, he did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. Um, so, like I said, this is the point that really drives that Jesus is God home for me, is that verse. And maybe you're like, why, Holly, why? I'll tell you. Um, just because no matter how hard I try, how much I pray, how much I worship, I cannot always act like that when people do things to me. <laughs> um, sometimes I retaliate when I'm insulted. Um, I definitely threaten revenge, like, all the time, even though, look at me, I'm not very strong. Um, and I want to leave stuff in God's hands, but a lot of times I think that I can do it, and I can't. So I just wanted to talk about that for a minute. Um, so the first part was that, so we're talking about how Jesus was sinless. He never sinned, and it wasn't that, It'd be easy if Jesus was never tempted to sin, because then it would kind of be unfair. Like, he didn't sin because he wasn't tempted, but he was tempted. Um, so in Matthew 4 is the temptation of Jesus. I'm going to read it to you quickly. So I know I'm throwing, like, a lot of Bible at you, so if you need it later, just give me. I'll give it to you. So it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. I said, I can't fast for 40 minutes. But he did. So during that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. We're talking a lot about bread. I'll probably get bread after. So Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city in Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say. He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up, hold you up with their hands, so you will not hurt your foot on the stone. Jesus responded, the scripture also say, you must not test the Lord your God. 
I highlighted in purple and the writing in red so you can't really read it. Don't do that. Use a better color. So next, the devil took him to speak to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus said. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him, serve only him. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. So there is three times that we just learned that Jesus was tempted. He could have sinned. It would have been really easy. He was, he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. That's a really long time, okay? Um, if you've ever fasted for any amount of time, like, you know, like, that's not easy. It's really hard. So I can only imagine in this time, like, Jesus is very weak. He's very vulnerable, you know? Um, but he still didn't. Um, so I was just thinking about how this week I started Weight Watchers again. So maybe I won't eat bread later, but I kind of want to. So anyway, I told us I'm starting on Monday. I had the app on my phone. I moved it out of the health folder back where I can see it because I put it in there so I wouldn't see it. <laughs> so it's back It's back on my front screen so I see it. Um, then I get to work, and I'm there for like five minutes, like literally five minutes. And here comes sweet little Brenda. She's like, Abby, I made you homemade chocolate chip cookies. And it's like a whole bag of them. I was just like, thanks, Brenda. And then I tried to resist, but I'm not God, so I ate one. And then later I ate another one. And then Friday I ate ice cream. Yesterday I ate banana pudding. This went really bad. But today's a new day, okay? So anyway, so I'm just imagining, like, after 40 days, Jesus is probably pretty hangry, right? Like, you don't want to deal with me if I'm not eight, right, Dusty? I mean, it's probably hard to believe because I'm really delightful all the time, but in those moments I'm not. Um, so anyway, <laughs> um, but I was just thinking how easy would it have been for Jesus to just turn even just one of those stones into a loaf of bread? I mean, he would just pop in his mouth and went about his day and like act like it never happened, like when I ate that cookie, you know? I didn't even track it, which was my first mistake. You have to track everything Weight Watcher guys, if you do it. Because as soon as you don't track one thing, you eat five more and then your whole week's gone. So just in case you want to do Weight Watchers, you have to track everything. Right, Amy? Didn't you do it once? Okay. So anyway, <sighs> I'm just hungry, I think. <laughs> um, and then and another part in that we read that um, Satan tempted him with all the kingdoms of the world and all of the glory. I would imagine that that would be a hard one to not fall into as well. Because Jesus then could have just taken the easy route and just did what Satan wanted to do instead of taking the long, hard road that he knew was coming, right? He knew he was going to have to die. He knew all of the things he was going to have to go through when he could have just not done any of that, right? How many, like, I know in my life, like, Dusty, like, tells me to go for a walk. And I'm like, I, I park far away from work, so I have to walk to my car. Like, that's a walk, you know? Like, we try to cut corners. And Jesus could have, but he didn't. And he's stronger than us. He is God. You know what I mean? Like, I just think of all these things that he was able to do. And yes, he may have been in human form, but I think it proves that he wasn't just human if he was able to withstand all these different things. Because I know that I felt every day shoving cookies in my mouth, pretending to take a walk when I just really walk into work. I mean, I'm telling you, I really do park cars away from everybody, right? I'm all the way at the end of the parking lot. Anyway, I don't know why I keep talking about that. Anyway, so... And I want to go back to that verse. 
So it says he did not retaliate when he was insulted. So, um, and I know like bullying is like a really big thing right now, but I was just thinking like Jesus was bullied, right? Like people insulted him, they called him names, they made fun of him, saying that he wasn't really the king, he wasn't God's son. Um, and like, you know how it is on the playground, if someone insults you, you do it back, but you do it better, right? Like you call me stupid, I'm going to call you stupider or something, <laughs> you know? That's not a word, but it works, insults. Um, but Jesus didn't, did, didn't do that. And it was way worse than that. Um, when, like, and it was the same people who saw these awesome miracles that he was going around performing. They had sat in the crowds and listened to him teach about this love of God. And they saw him do all these things. And I would just been like, you guys are idiots. But Jesus was like, he's praying for them. He's loving them. So I think that in itself proves that he's God. But. And then the next part of this verse says, um, nor threatened revenge when he suffered. So this is the part, like, of this message, like, you might hear people say, like, if you're giving a message or you're teaching that you're not just doing for other people, that God's actually just telling you. This is the part where God's like, this is for you, Albie. You need to shape up. (laughs) Um, So anyway, it says, nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Um, So I don't know, like, some of you probably know, some of you may not know, but, like, around this time last year, my entire life fell apart. <laughs> not just mine, like, my entire family's life fell apart. Fell apart. I'm not going to cry, okay? Um, the last year, from, like, July of last year to now, has been the absolute hardest year of my entire life, okay? It's just been a nightmare. It's not even like COVID. Like, COVID was the least of my worries. Not that COVID wasn't important, but... Like, COVID wasn't what caused it to be the hardest year of my life. Actually, COVID was kind of a blessing to my family and kind of, like, started the ball rolling, but in a good way. I know that doesn't make sense, but. Um, many of my family members and myself, we have suffered more than we've ever suffered, and in so many different ways. Like, just, like, my brother, my brother's wife, me, my nieces, my nephews, like, it's like a, my whole entire family has just been wrecked by this one situation that happened. And um, I want to say that, yeah, I'm your children's pastor, and I acted like Jesus, but I have not <laughs> at all. Um, actually, for probably like three or four months last year, I probably didn't talk to God one time because I was so angry. And like I said, I'm a church kid, so I know better than that. And I know that God, like, Dusty is always telling me, like, God works everything together for the good. And I was like, Dusty, there is no good. Like, I cannot find the good. <laughs> I still struggle to find the good sometimes. But, um, and then I, was, I would like to say that once I started praying to God again, that that's when I started praying for the individual who caused this havoc and all this pain and suffering. But I didn't. When I was praying, I was praying for revenge. <laughs> um daydreaming about revenge like it has completely consumed me and I felt out of control and I've just I have not behaved the way that this verse says that Jesus behaved um so basically what I'm saying is you guys need to pray for Albie because she has lost it and you need to pray for Dusty because he deals with me every day <laughs> Dusty is a saint you guys don't know Dusty know him because he's the best seriously he really is <laughs> um 
So I don't want to, like, talk about my life too much, but I do, I do want you to, like, know that, like, I am a dear children's pastor, and I do love God, and I love your kids, and I want to teach them right, and I, but I am struggling, like, not as bad as last year, but I'm still a mess. <laughs> so just pray for me. So, and I can only imagine that if this one thing that has caused me to lose a whole year of my life and be completely consumed by this one thing is, doesn't even compare to what Jesus went through. And yet he did all these things that this verse just said. He didn't go after them. Jesus on the cross prayed for their forgiveness. And I think that's really amazing. So that moves us into um, the next one, his substitutionary work on the cross. Because if Jesus wasn't perfect, he couldn't have died for us, right? Because only a truly sinless sacrifice could have been made. Um, so Jesus died on the cross because he knew that 2020 and 2021 was going to destroy Albie and that I was going to need him to take care of me and get me to heaven. <laughs> so I can't do it. Um, so then that also moves us into the last two where it talks about Jesus was resurrected from the dead after he died on the cross for us. Then now he sits in the right hand of God. So you can see like where all of this is tying in and proving that he is God. So I just want you to think if you are like me, you're probably not you're not crazy like me, but you're probably like me in that you're not sinless, right? And if you're dealing with sin or you're not living the way that Jesus that this verse talked about, it's okay. There's hope. Because Jesus gave us that hope when he died on the cross for us, when he was perfect and he was sinless um so if everybody would just please close your eyes and bow your head i just want you to think about if you believe that jesus is lord and if you believe that then you can be saved if you're struggling with being angry with god i just want you to know it's okay and you can tell him um if you are consumed with seeking revenge or you're holding a grudge i just want you to know you can give it to god and I don't say that lightly because I'm still struggling to do that. So if I can do it, you guys can do it. Okay, so let's just pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive those who are asking for salvation today. I ask you to touch and hold those who feel angry with you. I ask you to give them peace. Jesus, for those in the room who are seeking revenge on their own, take the pain and all the consuming grudge from them. Pour out your love and compassion on us today. We love you and we thank you.